This week on the I Love Funny Women podcast. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to pay to almost shit my pants. We love to love. We love to love. There's a pandemic. I think we still have a pandemic, right? I mean, Ted Bundy didn't look like a serial killer. I want to play something terribly evil and wicked. Welcome to the I Love Funny Women podcast with your host, Dina Nina. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another I Love Funny Women podcast. I am your host, Dina Nina, and we're so excited for this episode. We're wishing all of you a happy Memorial Day, as well as the beginning of Pride Month that starts on Tuesday. Hey! Uh, I had a pretty good week. I got outside quite a bit, so I'm looking a little less pacey over here, Okay. But just a reminder, we would love to hear from you. Uh, Post a video on Instagram, tag at ILoveFunnyWomen with the hashtag HeyDina, and you could be on the podcast or possibly on our YouTube. And if you could give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, it would be really awesome. Your review really helps us boost our visibility on the platform. If you are in Madison and have always wanted to try stand-up comedy, we have a class starting on June 6th. And we're also celebrating Pride Month in real life and online. Extra AF Comedy's Pride Online is June 3rd. It's free. You can watch from anywhere. And if you're in Madison, Wisconsin, the Extra AF Comedy's Madison Pride and two-year anniversary celebration is on June 17th at Crucible. And you can get your tickets or find out more about all of our events over at LadyLaughsComedy.com. This is Door Girl Greg, and you're listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. And if you looked at me right now, I'd be twirling around like a fucking fairy. So, of course, there was quite a bit of news that happened last week. And over the weekend, I could talk about the mass shootings. But (laughs) what? I could talk about how congressional Republicans will do anything to keep from facing a reckoning over the January 6th insurrection. Or how the Wisconsin legislature saw fit to pass an anti-trans bill. But... I don't have the bandwidth. And it's Pride Month, so let's celebrate. And by celebrating, I mean, let's go on over to Renee Hyden with Sex with the Stars. Trines, trines everywhere. And not a drop to drink. Well, unless you're up for a Pluto and Capricorn with a splash of bitter lime. I'm Renee Hyden, and this is Sex with the Stars. Holy shnikes, there's a whole lot of love coming in as Cancer and Pisces trine, bringing in a wave of maternal loving. This is the week of feeling in and healing it up. Oh, that feels so good. Venus trines Mars and Cancer and gives us a chance to change and move toward a higher resonance, but be aware of the lower tendency of Mars toward aggression. Because later in the week, there's a potential for arguments, conflict, and hurt feelings as it mixes with Pluto and Capricorn. That's not a cocktail I'd order. Gross! Our ever-loving Venus enters Cancer June 2nd. So for the next four weeks, we can expect an increase of maternal and nurturing energies on the home front. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable as we sexually engage in the nurturing of one another. Not in a cousin-on-cousin sort of way. 
but in a way that encompasses the renewal of loving kindness towards your lover and yourself. I mean, this ain't an episode of Hillbilly Honeys. Amen. Amen. There's a whole lot of mother over here as Jupiter is now in Pisces with its native Neptune trining with this maternal Venusian energy. It gives us the opportunity to soften our consciousness to the next level of astral ejaculations. (laughs) We're talking wet, wet, wet. So plunge into the depths in search of that big mother pearl. Found it. It's a great time for a glistening wet titty fuck. Waxed and wet glistening genitals, nipple clamps of mama's crab claws, and saying hey to daddy Neptune. Hey daddy. The creative Piscean playfulness continues and gives us space to allow fantasy and reality to merge. So let's playfully purify our merging to understand the fuller potential of our intimacies and where we can bring deeper love to the darker depths of our shadowy waters. This is where we can find all our good hidden treasures. Arg, get your hands on me, booty. At this time, Ceres and Vesta are trying. Ceres, the mother protector archetype, trines with Vesta that which represents the inner child archetype. So this assists us as we commit to healing the inner child from the bottom up. Ceres is in Taurus, which helps us to protect our uniqueness. So plunge into this extreme loving kindness and lean into your inner child and allow the universe to heal those psychic ouchies. Ow! On June 3rd, we have another beautiful triumph with Sun and Saturn. And underneath all this water loving of the sky, we have a more practical drive for our earthly ambitions. With Sun in teacherly Gemini and disciplinarian Saturn in Aquarius, we're invited to reevaluate, renew, or recommit to our earthly goals. Get to the plan. From a celestial and sexual purview, this is perfect timing to courageously honor what it means to hold our soul within our embodiment as we energetically conjoin with others. <laughs> Enjoy the gift of your body and settle down into your ripening root chakra as you and your partner crawl into each other's souls. Is this Narnia? I'm your resident sextrologist, Renee Hyden, and this is Sex with the Stars. Dina, back to you. Renee, thank you so much. You can find Renee on Instagram at Renee Hyden Soul Therapy. Hey, this is Dora Girl Greg, and you're listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. And if you're an eligible bachelor who likes men, then please contact me. If you haven't by now, you should really go to the socials and check out at I Love Funny Women on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube, because really, what else are you going to do? I'm really excited to welcome this guest to our podcast She is one of my mentors. She is my heart, my life's blood. You've seen her on Community. You've seen her on Chelsea lately. And she runs a show called Social Media Meltdowns at the Comedy Store and online and on Clubhouse. And it's so much fun. And here's my conversation with my mentor, a gay icon, Sean Pulaski. Dina, I feel the same way about you. Aren't you a love bug? (laughs) Seriously, I I feel like it's always a love fest when you and I reunite and get to see each other. And I know like we're not completely physically face to face, but this is enough for me. Like if I was 
close enough to you, I would slow dance with you right now. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I with you. Who would lead? You would. <laughs> heart. Heart. That's what they do in Brazil. They're always like this. I love the love. Like they, they used to do this. Like I noticed this when I had first met my husband, who's Brazilian. And it was right during the World Cup. And every time like they panned like American fans, they'd be like, we're number one. And, you know, then they pan Brazilian fans and they'd always do this. They'd be like, hard, hard. Even when they were losing, they were like, we love to love. We love to love. You know, so it's something that when I'm in Brazil, it's just like you, like people take pictures and they're constantly doing that. So I don't know why I, I just it. did it. I always make fun of them. And yet I did it to you. It's totally. It's one of those things where you make fun of things for so long that it becomes part of who part of your expression yeah. and your emoting. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like exactly. making fun of someone that you're like, oh my God, now I'm saying the things that they do and the doing the things anyway. Yeah. Um, I so this podcast for me is really what you said. I love to love and I love funny women and I love the community of women that I've uh, curated. And all I feel like I ever do when I come on is be like, oh, my God, you're so inspiring. I love what you do. You're amazing. Well, it, you should really take a look at what you have done for not just comedy in general and who you are as an individual, but also as what you have done for many women and how you have mentored them and inspired them to pursue a career in comedy, which a lot of people are like, oh, there aren't that many women. Well, yeah, there are. There are thousands and thousands of women in this business. It's just that you kind of see a lot more male faces as you do in a lot of industries. But you, you just, you, the women that I have met so far that have been on your shows that I've seen, they're all stellar and they're great. Everyone's got this positive attitude. And especially in a time where uh, there's a pandemic, I think we still have a pandemic, right? Yeah. We have a pandemic. Just kidding. She's still Um, hanging around. Yeah, I think I think she's still here, lingering. You can't even like penicillin doesn't even get her out. But that pandemic, you really you just kept putting on shows and doing and figuring a way to just bring laughs to people's home. And and I love that you you represent the community, not just the comedy community, but but the females as well. I mean, I I just think this is sorry. I'm gonna pull. There we go. That's better. Um, you like it closer. <laughs> I like it. I like to be right up on that mic, you know. <laughs> oh <No> shit! <laughs> That's why we're two peas in a pod. <laughs> I love that I joined in with that song. <laughs> I I could do that all day with you. I'd be like, Dina's mouth is close to the mic. <laughs> and I am singing along with Sean Pulaski. I'm singing with Dina Nina Martinez. Martinez. <laughs> Martinez. Look, I had a jazz hands. Did you love it? It was it was amazing. I'm it like, can we get a Eurovision jazz hands? Can we get a Eurovision song entry now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they would give us a Eurovision song. I'm still trying to convince myself that that's a real thing. And oh, when I was what? reading on Twitter the other day, I was like, that's not just a movie. <laughs> oh my God, Sean. I like literally the only joy in my life this last week and a half has been a Eurovision Song Contest. Like I feel like nothing has given me 
hope or joy. And then all of a sudden, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, I have this joy of the Eurovision Song Contest coming back. See, I love that, that that's what gives you life. My, my week is, if it wasn't for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, uh, nothing. I would have had no joy as well. So <laughs> totally. uh, I appreciate the Eurovision. And I don't know much about it except what I saw in a movie once, which was like, wasn't that with like Will? Who was in that? I was trying to think, was it Will Ferrell? Mm -hmm. And Rachel McAdams. And literally when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. So I watched it. And then all of these past contestants from the actual Eurovision Song Contest came on. Like, uh, yeah. uh, and I'm looking at her right now and I can't think of her name. Um, uh, Conchita Wurst from Austria who is the bearded lady who came out mm -hmm. and she like, and then uh, Netta from, uh, from Israel came out of the car and Bilal yeah. Hassani from France with, with his perfect little gray Bob came in and started singing. And I was like, this is everything I've ever wanted in a movie. <laughs> well, I, I feel like you definitely following Eurovision before that movie ever even happened. And I, I think that movie came out a while. It didn't come out just recently, but I just recently. When? 2020. Like it came out during the pandemic. Like it came it out. Did? Yes. But that's what I think I saw. Like I thought it came out like 2016, but what do no. I know? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> it was filmed at on the stage. The, the stage parts were filmed on the stage, I think, in Israel, or maybe one was the, I can't remember what the one before was. But um, it was filmed on the actual stage during the competition um, or during that. Anyway, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> let me give you the whole story about it. No, I, I, it. I just, I love that you're invested because I've never met anybody that was completely invested in Eurovision so and, and, and Dana you're it I am I am and we're getting uh we're getting the U American Song Contest this year so I don't know if we get an entry to Eurovision which I would be so stoked about and 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 all of the people in it would be like oh boo American <laughs> I don't know what I'm you saying. suck they're be like we don't love to love you're terrible yeah <laughs> Totally. So um, let's go back, get back on topic because I could talk about Eurovision this whole show. <laughs> but, um, but I want to talk about you because you were one of the first people that, other than, let me say, Tammy Jo Deren really invested a lot in me. And then you came along and you invested a lot in me when I was starting my career. And the way you sewed into me, I don't know if you do it for other people, but I think you must um, because I feel like that's just part of who who you are. Um, was so impactful and so amazing, and I want to say thank you. <laughs> you know, you don't need to thank me. I I just you're 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 easy. You're easy. Well, you're easy, but I'm you're easy. E you're easy. You're easygoing, you're delightful, you're a joy to work with. And I don't know, I mean, I I don't know how, if there is, I wouldn't understand how anybody else could treat you differently. Mm -hmm. And I know that comedy is not the brightest business and the people in it aren't the most maybe accepting, I don't know if it's accepting, but the most 
embracing uh, positive people, you know, mm -hmm. can be a really dark business. And that's kind of why a lot of people do go into it because they're like the sad clown, but there's not that aspect to you at all. And it's not, there's not that aspect to me at all. Mm -hmm. And it's like two bright lights are going to find each other mm -hmm. and there's other bright lights out there. You just kind of got to weed, got to weed through yeah. the people sometimes. And especially in a, a city like Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you and I were on my first tour was with you. Um, and then this horrible person that I care not mention, but <laughs> He who shall not be named. It's like uh, from uh, Voldemort. Uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. He's like the Voldemort of comedy. Um, well, he was the <laughs> ah! ah, that's so funny. That's I like, swear. I now, coming to the stage. <laughs> You've seen him from House Slytherin. Please put your hands together for the Voldemort of comedy. I love, I love that name. Oh my God. Can we just call him Voldemort now? Totally. I feel like he has like a snake face on the back of his head. Like, I feel like it's all of that. Like when, <laughs> if he took off his clothes, he would have scales. I don't, I mean, I don't question that at all. <laughs> yeah. He probably just like, he probably is, there isn't even there. It's definitely soulless. So <laughs> Yeah. Bless he probably him. is Bless just him. a snake and like he puts on the, the look we can <laughs> go about this who is this human being text me if you want to know go ahead <laughs> text me too if you want to know um, <laughs> i may or may not tell you the truth but most likely i will does. we can barely hide it right now <laughs> it's so hard not to say that name don't worry. The comedy world knows. I know. Um, I So when I moved here, I was fortunate enough to happen into a group of women who were just incredible, um, both in Madison and Chicago, just like the whole Midwest area. And because of that, after coming from Los Angeles, having like that shitty tour experience and just going to endless mics, going, you know, doing the, the, the work that we all do at the beginning, especially, mm -hmm. and then getting here. And yes, I had an amazing group of friends in LA, but here I felt like, um, people, the women I met were so much more willing to connect and invest in each other. Um, and so with you and all of that whole experience kind of pulled in, it's made my career such a joy. Um, and I don't know why I'm telling you that, but I just like, I find you like you're on my wall in my office, you know, you're, you're. No, that's Barbara Streisand, Dina. That's Barbara Streisand. <laughs> You're tattooed on my heart. Like I, ha I have a Sean Polovsky tattoo right here. By I my will, always want God. Could you imagine this face? Like how they just, the nose alone, they'd be like, uh, the tattoo artist would be like, I give up. I give up. I'm leaving the business. I can't, I can't draw that. You are gorgeous. Um, so how did you get into comedy? Like there, those are things that I've never talked about with you. Uh, well, you know, I came from a, a Jewish family, born and raised in Oklahoma. So we all had to have a sense of humor when it when it comes to something like that. But my family was really funny. You know, my parents were from Brooklyn, and I had two older sisters and a brother, and everybody was was really really funny. And 
I always just was an extrovert, Leo, and loved <laughs> to perform and do characters. I loved Saturday Night Live. Like that was my everything, impressions, characters. And so I started kind of doing that as a kid. And uh, in second grade, I was the Wicked Witch of the West. This is very gay. I know gays were like, what? Uh, in the Wizard of Oz in the in the school play. And I was so excited. My sister, she was just a scarecrow. So she was kind of background, but I was the Wicked Witch of the West. And I couldn't wait. And I was so excited to be the, the Wicked Witch of the West that I melted before Dorothy threw the water on me. And the audience just died laughing. They loved it. And I loved the sound of that. And that yeah. from kind of then on inspired me to always kind of yuck it up a little bit and be funny. And it just, mm -hmm. I've always focused on comedy, but I always, I focused always on the improv or the sketch comedy aspect more than I did stand up. So when I, I, I went to USC, I went to the USC school of theater, but before then I competed in, in drama contests with humorous and terp and, and in talent shows. And I always just played funny and never thought anything else. And even when I auditioned for colleges and every like major college for a theater school, they would be like, okay, you need to do one Shakespearean monologue, one dramatic monologue. Like I was like, where's the comedy? Nobody wanted to see that. So I ended up going to the USC school of theater and I joined this improv troupe on campus. And then I was also a, uh, I worked at a, uh, I interned at Paramount at this like studio office and a woman there told me about Groundlings and I just, I trained with Groundlings and I was going through college training with Groundlings and I knew like my end game was SNL is what I wanted to do. And I was like 18 going through Groundlings, that's pretty young. And the people in the class were older. I was in class with Will Ferrell. He was a bank teller, you know, who had graduated from USC. And and I was, I was really like fortunate. Some of the people that came out of my classes became super famous and were great. But I think, you know, I worked really hard in that time and I didn't have thick skin. And sometimes I would just go home crying and I continued through that program for a couple of years. And then I just kind of gave that up, finished school, and I ended up joining uh, Acme Comedy Theater, which it was like kind of the Groundlings rival, but not as, I mean, they had a reputation, but they didn't have the reputation like Groundlings did. And I did mm -hmm. sketch comedy for a while, but also right out of college, I took a stand-up class just to take it. Mm -hmm. And maybe I did, you know, stand-up like once or twice that year, and I'd be like, I'm a stand-up, which I wasn't. And with time... The sketch comedy it was hard to get in audiences and do. And I kind of thought, well, I need a better showcase for myself. And I started doing stand-up a little bit more. And I was fortunate, fortunate enough to get a showcase early for Mitzi Shore at the World Famous Comedy Store because they were looking for more women. And mm -hmm. that kind of changed my life. And as soon as I got mm -hmm. in front of her and she passed me, it was kind of like training day 101 all over. And I just worked really hard in the field of stand-up comedy and just tried to do stand-up wherever I could to make it happen. And then yeah. things kind of parlay. But that's kind of, I fell into stand-up comedy. It wasn't yeah. always my dream. It Sketch was. Yeah. 
is it is it still your dream now? <laughs> uh, you know, it's Dina Nina Martinez. I love playing characters and I love mm -hmm. variety and I love I love impersonation. I like to do a little bit of everything, but I think right now it's just comedic acting is really anything TV and film would be a blessing. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say no to it. Mm -hmm. I love doing stand up and I don't even know if if I did get something like SNL, would I continue doing stand up? I'm not sure. I've been doing it for so long that I think there's parts of me that would miss it. Mm -hmm. But you know, my dream really isn't hasn't always been to be I love live, live audiences though. I mean, I did a lot of plays and theater, theater in college. I don't know. I like all sorts of, of type of performances and performing, whether it's live or not. But I think the real goal was just to cross over and do TV and film. Mm -hmm. um, so you are in a movie called, was is it called Marathon? Um, oh, the one about uh, triathlons? It's, yeah, uh, tri 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 it's called Tri. T-R-I. Tri tri um, I loved how you portrayed that character and that was a dramatic role how did that feel for you that was very weird because i've never I, I the only dramatic kind of role i ever played in my life was this play called elemocenary in college and it was like this three woman show and i played the grandma in it. and the grandma is eccentric and a little bit nutty so there were funny elements to her, but it's kind of cause she's something's off. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the most dramatic thing I kind of had ever done in my life, but it really wasn't. And when I got this role, I had originally gone in for the funny, funny best friend role. Cause there's a lead and she kind of has this funny best friend, which mm -hmm. ended up being played on, and I don't even know why I'm blanking on her name. Hi, um, <laughs> she she was another comedian, and they came back to me, and they were like, "We think you would be really good at this role." I'm like, the serious lady who gets cancer and runs the marathon, and I was like, okay. It, I was kind of I was pretty bummed because I was like. You know, where can I take the Pratt fall? And where can I be that, you know, that friend that comes in with a one-liner and steals the show? And I kind can of think my manager and I talked about it and I embraced it. And I just kind of studied for it and did my research and went in. I was really nervous, especially mm -hmm. when I had to do things, scenes with like my friends Chris Williams, who's, you know, a funny, charismatic actor who is in a lot of things. And I thought, I'm going to do a scene with Chris Williams when I've never played dramatic, but it was, it, it was definitely challenging for me and it's still hard for me to watch it, but there are moments where, you know, where, when they had me in an MRI or they're doing things, I, I, it didn't take me long to feel the pain, my character and, and maybe the journey that she was going through. I mean, God forbid, nobody wants to get cancer, but I, I had my heart in it and I, I hope it would show and it didn't look like I was trying. There were moments where I was like, oh God, I, I think that was terrible or that looked awful. Can we do it again? Or, But 
I, I think it came out okay. And 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 there were there were awesome scenes 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 that I had with uh, Tim uh, again. I don't know why I'm blanking on names. I'm gonna blame the pandemic and not and that pandemic. You know, was years old, but it it really was it was a challenge for me, and and, and I was fortunate fortunate mm -hmm. to have it. The director did a really good job of of working with me and kind of explaining me his vision and the writer. Right. I absolutely cried um, watching it, and I, expect, I expected you to be like crying and then trip over an ottoman. That's just kind of what I was <laughs> like. Is, Pop is up with a nose and mustache. <laughs> I've got cancer. No, oh, I don't. <laughs> waka waka waka. I know. <laughs> and there were moments where I would kind of say a one-liner or something, where you'd see elements of who I was in it. But I definitely had to hold back a little bit and be like, okay, play it down. You're not on a theater and you're not, you know, you're not, you're not the wacky neighbor. So yeah. this is something that's serious. And it helped me feel a little more comfortable if I ever do go out for the lawyer role or something, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's always a work in, a pro in progress. I think that's so interesting that, you like I love doing comedic acting, but I really enjoy dramatic roles because I'm like, I just get so like I want to cry on stage, you know. Like, I well, you're good at it, Nina, and you're very believable. My ultimate role is evil. I want to play something terribly evil and wicked, and like like Lord of the Rings, like a fantasy, a Game of Thrones. Like, you know, I just want to be turned around and be like, I killed her. You know, just, <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. Let me try that again. Hold on, let me try that again. And? I killed her. Oh, I just got... <laughs> So stupid. Boy, I'd be fired <laughs> out of the actor's studio. I'd be like, Sean, stick to comedy. Think I will I just got stop you. <laughs> You're all, I killed her. <laughs> <laughs> I killed her. Yeah, I mean, there's so, I, I watch, I just, I love the evil character. I, that's why yeah. I love Ursula from, from the yeah. uh, Little Mermaid. That's the best character Disney character is because she's, you know, you got your looks, your pretty face, but don't underestimate body language. But she's funny, you know, with a look yeah. at me. You know, I love who she was. There's that yeah. character to her that you, you embrace her no matter how evil she is. Well, I started writing something, so maybe I'll write you in as the evil character and see how that goes. Like, you know, but I love sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah. And that's... Same. Yeah. But I also love horror movies. How do you... Do you like horror movies? I started to get in to horror movies about a year and a half ago with my husband. And we just, and he wasn't into them either, but if we had like date night and we wanted to watch something, I, we never go to the theater to see a horror film. Don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna pay to almost shit my pants. I need to be like in the vicinity of my home with lots of lights on. And my husband to tell me it's okay. There isn't a child under the bed that's gonna <laughs> like, or a clown. 
but yeah, we will watch them at home. We started to watch all the conjuring, especially during the pandemic. Oh my God. I love and the conjuring. Sometimes I just get so scared. Like yeah. I'm like, I didn't sleep last night. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm, he's like, I'm fine. He's like, why, why yeah. did, why, why didn't you sleep? I'm like, uh, we watched like, there's a demon a in our room now about <laughs> spirits and demons pulling people into like, I don't know, a fifth dimension. <laughs> Um, I, I love horror movies. Like, and when my father died in 2000 for Christmas holiday, my sister and I would watch vampire movies on Christmas Eve all night and then get up in the morning and then be like, happy, happy, joy, joy. But we had, As you, do. you watch yeah. vampire movies on Christmas Eve. On that Christmas makes me laugh. But do you find vampire movies scary or just it's that's more under the sci-fi fantasy, don't you? Fantasy? Feel? Yes. Uh, yes. I, I, yes, I do feel it. Yes. Good. We can agree. <laughs> you didn't have to answer but, that way, you know. But I no, no, totally. But there are some that 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 can be pretty scary. And I just really got into, obviously, because I'm old and I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> but I'm sure you watched What We Do in the Shadows, right? Yes. Pretty genius. That's so good. Yeah, it's very well written. But then I definitely love, like, all those psychological horror thrillers. And, you know, my... Other than Eurovision, my guilty pleasure is like forensic files and cold case files. And <laughs> you need to talk to Lisa Sunstead because that she is all about forensic files and a cold case. Oh my and god! And Joey yes. Miller, they talk about that stuff all the time. They love like murder shows, and like once in a while, I'll get into those. But I'm more like to be removed from what's actual the actual what's real actual world. Real? Yeah, it's just so it's so weird to think about that, and then it's even more disconcerting when you're like, "Oh my god, that serial killer was so hot! I would have been <laughs> one of his victims." You know, like I'm just like I have that bad of taste. You know, they're they're. I mean, Ted Bundy wasn't didn't look like a serial killer, and I see where women got trapped with that guy. I mean, usually when. And a lot of serial killers, like Richard Ramirez, looks like a serial killer. Yes. And so John you're like, Casey. hey, you see that guy coming. So you know to stay away. But that guy, he flew under the radar, which is frightening to know that there can always be more of those. And it always makes me think, if I ever get in a relationship, is it going to turn out to be, you know, an evil person? And all of a sudden, I am cat food. You know, like... <laughs> Although I, I will probably never get into a relationship. <laughs> That's not true. You wait, you'll never get into a relationship, or you said you'll never get in a relationship with a serial killer. I will probably never get into a relationship. <laughs> That's wrong. Cancel, cancel. cancel and we are gonna cancel. say cancel. That's not true. Universe, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. I um I'm I, I yeah. It, Dina, Honestly, what, though, I think if I die with my dog by my side, no, I will not. be so happy. <laughs> no, you're not. You're too delightful. Oh, you're too delightful. I'm, I'm too delightful. No, you. Uh. -uh. I'm I, too I delightful, and I respect myself too much to be in a relationship with a shit bag. It well, a shit bag. Yeah, those are easy to find. Anyone can get in a relationship with a <laughs> shit bag, but 
Someone good. Yeah. Well, yeah. someone good. I'm listen. I'm becoming Miss Cleo right now. Someone good is coming into your future. I'm looking into my crystal ball and I see your future. I see a very <laughs> tall, tall human being, tall with a very large uh, personality. Large, very, very large and thick person. Personality, a very huge and and girthy bank girthy, account, <laughs> cut personality, very cut, <laughs> huge bank account. <laughs> How did we get here? Dick we jokes. Always, this is where we go. <laughs> Dick jokes. Mm. So, what is one thing that you would tell to want to be comedians? Want to be comedians? Don't do it. No, that is so. Who said that? Uh, <laughs> you know what I would say? If you have set your heart on this, then do everything you can to keep creating. And that doesn't mean just stand up comedy, create videos, create for your social media, build your brand, and stay focused and always get up and always keep practicing and doing and commit when you when you go on stage and i don't care if it's in a bar and there's 10 people doesn't matter if you're in front of 20,000 people and you're opening up for someone big in a giant stadium you should always act like the audience is big and full and so you've got to commit to whatever you're saying because if you believe what you're saying and you're putting 100% in then the audience will be with you. Yeah, agree. You're a goddess. Thank you, Sean Polofsky. And you can find Sean Polofsky on all the social medias at Sean Polofsky. And it will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dina. And that's all we have for this week's I Love Funny Women podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the social media at I Love Funny Women and also look for our YouTube this podcast was written by me, Dina Nina Martinez, and you can find me on the socials at Dina Nina Martinez. Find our gorgeous door girl, Greg, on Instagram at Gigi Potter. And our guest, Sean Polofsky, can be found on Instagram at Sean Polofsky. And of course, we love our announcer, Krista Garner. She's my goddess. And you can find her on Instagram at Krista Garner. This has been an Artemis Glow Studio production in association with Crossover Media and AMG. See you next week.